Well, aloha and welcome, you guys, to our Wednesday Equip service where, where our heart is to, uh, to equip the saints and to equip you, the congregation, um, not just to be uh, hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. And uh, the book of James says that that's what we're supposed to be doing. And what we want to achieve is an understanding of God's word and actually equip ourselves um, to prepare ourselves to get ready to serve Him in a ministry. Now, I understand for some of us, we're already serving in a ministry, and that's great. And then there's some of us who are waiting, um, just waiting on the Lord, that He would call us into a ministry. And, and no matter what the situation may be, our heart tonight is that we would equip you for the work of the ministry. And that's what our Wednesday night services are all about. However, we did take a couple of weeks off, and two weeks ago, we enjoyed a, a time of just coming before God, just coming before the Lord, um, and we had a wonderful night of, of worshiping Him, and just embracing and soaking up His presence, a night that we, we offer worship to Him. Again, um, worship belongs to the Lord and not to us. And then last week, we celebrated the 8th anniversary of a ministry that which we embrace and we're so proud of. And that ministry is called Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. And Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that meets every Tuesday night right here in our courtyard outside. And they meet at 5.30. And, and um, everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome. We, we all know that... Um, we all go through some problems. We all go through struggles. We all have some sort of hurt habits and, and hang-ups. So you're all invited. You're all invited because it's not just for the addict. It's not just for people with drug problems or alcohol problems. It's for anybody with any kind of problems. You know, our heart is to lend a helping hand and to help people. That's, that's what we do here at Dingo. We reach out to people. So, celebrate recovery. 5.30, Tuesday nights, right here in the courtyard. I also want to say congratulations to the graduates of CR that they went through their step study. Congratulations, yes. Yes. And as Jesus would say, well done. But then he also said, now go and sin no more. So my encouragement would be, hey, just press on in the Lord and do what he's calling you to do. And he will see you through everything that you go through. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, with that said, would you take out your Bibles and your notes and we'll dive into the Word of God. And let's recite our scripture from Ephesians 4 that we've been memorizing. It's, it's on the back of your notes. So would you stand with me as we give honor to God for his infallible word. And let's read that together. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Ready? Go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried away with every wind of doctrine 
by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. And tonight we come and again, we ask that you would open up our minds and that you would open up our our ears and our spiritual eyes so that we would see and understand and and receive revelation of your your infallible word of truth that comes and only uh, produces life in your people. So, Father, tonight speak to us. We humble and we retreat ourselves and yielded to you to thy spirit. And we thank you for all that you're about to do in Jesus' name. And the congregation would say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we've been exploring five different uh, subjects. And, and what we want to achieve through these studies is a deeper growth, a deeper walk with Christ, a closer relationship, and, and really get to know and understand the person of Jesus Christ. So that we'd be able to actually love Him. To actually receive Him. And love Him as He should be loved. And as He should be adorned. And so far we've covered a few subjects. We've talked about His position over all creation. How Jesus is a true revelation of the invisible God. That He is and remains to be the complete image of God Himself. And he's the reason for all creation. As a matter of fact, all creation was designed through him and for him because he is above all creation. We've also talked about his power to create all things. And scripture tells us that all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So we've learned about his creativity and his ability and power to create. You know, it's amazing that he created the entire universe. And the word tells us that he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. That just shows us how big God is. That he holds the entire universe in the palm of his hand. We've talked about his providence, his good judgment and management in controlling all things. How he upholds all things by the word to his power and authority. How he sustains all the laws of the universe being a just judge. And the, the greatest steward over all creation. So we've explored three out of the five studies His position over all creation, his power to create, and his providence in controlling and holding all things together. The next thing we want to get into is his presence in in the Old Testament times and his preeminence over all things. And that's to come. Tonight we're going to look at his presence in Old Testament times. How would we be able to recognize the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, In the Old Testament, as well as recognizing him in the New Testament. 
And for us to find the person of Jesus Christ or his presence in the Old Testament, we have to talk about whom God is and how to recognize his, his characters, how to recognize his, his attributes, um, what Jesus would say or, or what Jesus would do or how, uh, how he would think. And we've mentioned the importance of that word name, his name. That his name is above every name. And we may have heard or, 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 or read about um, some of the different names given to God by man. Names such as El Shaddai. The God that is more than enough. That his provision is sufficient for us. Or Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that heals. Or Jehovah Shalom. The Lord of peace. And we may have read about these names of the Lord, but they're not names as we would use them in, in, in English. And they're, they're not really titles either. These are names that, are, that actually represent God's um, characteristics, um, His qualities, uh, His attributes, the activities of what God really does. That's what these names represent. Now, as for me, I can relate to him as my Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals me because of what he did for my help. And how he continues to heal me even to this day. It's something that he did for me. It's something that he promised. Something he said that he would do. Because I take God's word very seriously. And when I read this, I, I took it for myself. As he said this in Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. And here's the promise. For I am the Lord who heals you. You know, when I read this, and this was, oh, good, 12 years ago, I claimed this scripture. And I, I claimed the promise for myself. And the wonderful thing is he did it. Of course, we all want healing. We all want healing for ourselves. But it comes with some consequences. There were some requirements that I needed to do on my part. And when I did my part, God did his part. I had to do my very best to live right and obey his word. That was my part. And through the experiences, my trust and my faith towards, towards him grew tremendously. I mean, my faith went through the roof. You know Why? Because he proved himself to me. He proved his faithfulness. And no one, no one can take that testimony away from me. No one can take away anything from me. He earned my respect and he proved his reputation to me. That's my personal relationship that I have with him and he with me. I respect him for who he is. 
Well, who is he? God said that his name is Yahweh, or the Tetragrammaton, which is the four letters uh, in a Hebrew that expresses who God is. I wouldn't draw, but I'm not past the uh, Sheldon, so... Okay, Yahweh, that's his name. That was his, his proper name. But in the Hebrew, they, they, they didn't use vowels. So you would see the tetragrammaton as... How many of you saw that before? That's God's proper name and written in the Hebrew. There's, of course, there's always the Hebrew way of writing it, but that's um, the way it's, it's spelled. And these letters symbolizes God's proper name, Yahweh, or who He is. It actually means the one who exists, or the great I am that I am. You know, when Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me? God said to Moses in Genesis, this is my name. And my name shall live throughout all the generations to come. In other words, forever. If you open your Bibles with me um, to the book of Genesis, and we can read that in Genesis 3, um, starting at verse 13. Genesis 3 is the first book in the Bible. That should be pretty easy to find. Genesis 3, chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 13. Amen? We all there? Sorry, I got the sniffles tonight. And I'm reading in the New King James Version, so it says this. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Now listen, in the days of old, the priests or the religious leaders held the Tetragrammaton, or his name, Yahweh, uh, the proper name of God, in in very high reverence. They respected his name, and and they considered it to be so holy that that, um, they wouldn't even utter his name. They felt that it was so holy that they banned the people from pronouncing it um, in fear that they would defile his name. Or even the mispronunciation of his name would be in disrespect to God. These priests would write his name like that in the Hebrew 
And then when they were done, they would write it in their scrolls. But when they were done, they would actually take the pen and either bury it or destroy the pen. Because that's how holy they considered his name um, to be. And then these leaders also feared that the heathens would would use the tetragrammaton or um, his name um, in their magical prayers, misusing God's proper name, thus using his name in vain. So they took Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, out of the written word. And today we see it written in, in the different translations as the Lord, or we see it as as God. It was done because of fear of using his name in vain. And in the third commandment, we all know that that God commanded us not to use his name in vain. Deuteronomy 5.11 Thou shalt not take thy name of the Lord, thy God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And here's the Webster's uh, definition of vain. Having no real substance, or value, or importance, empty, void, worthless, unsatisfying, thy vain excuse, destitute of forge, effecting no purpose, fruitless, ineffectual, as vain toil, a vain attempt. His name was very, very sacred. And I guess right now would be a good time for me to say this, that I wanted us to examine our hearts tonight. And a good question for us to ask ourselves tonight is this, do we use God's name in vain? Is there emptiness or a void behind our uses as we, as we mention His name in our conversations, as we mention His name in prayers? Do we hold His name and His word in true holiness and in high regards, in high reverence, when we do mention His name? Now, this is just an examination of your own heart because no one will find this out. Only... You and God. And listen, I say this not in any condemnation. I say this because it needs to be said. And we need to check our hearts every so often. Because like the leaders of old, and as a pastor and a teacher of his word, and as one of your shepherds, I have to teach you how to live in righteousness, and to be right before the Lord. Amen? I have to be concerned. If we're just calling upon His name for our own selfish gains and motives. Because people can do that. People can misuse His name and use it in vain. Of course, not you guys, because you guys are Christians, right? (laughs) I am responsible to check I am responsible to feed the sheep in truth so that we do not use His name in vain. You see, folks, God has many qualities. He has many attributes. And He wants to do a lot for us in our lives. And sometimes, sometimes 
we take advantage of God's aloha, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me, Lord. Do for me, Lord. Yeah, we do. I did that. You see, we can't just use Him for the works of, of His hands. We can't do that. We must seek, seek Him in awe of His glory. We must seek His face in reverence and in honor. Because when we seek His face, listen, when we seek Him, everything that comes from His hands comes with it anyway. He is the Lord and is willing to give and to do what is right in our lives. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Or we have not because we ask amiss. And that's what it's talking of. That we ask with wrong motives in our hearts. When we do that, when we seek His glory and we seek His face, that's respecting Him for who He is. Yahweh, the great I Am. That's his proper name. Now that word name appears in the Old Testament over 800 times and 200 times in the New Testament. And that word name never appears in the plural form, names. It always appears in a singular form because we recognize him to be the one and only true God. And yes, we do believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they are one in the same. And there is no other God, small g, besides Him. We must glorify and praise His name in true respect. Isaiah 42 8 reminds us. As he says is, I am the Lord. And it would read this way, I am Yahweh. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Do we respect God for who he is and who he's become within us? The reputation that he's earned in you and I, in our lives, as the great I am, the one who now exists within you and I, because he lives within us. Now we can read and hear his word to, to, the, to our devotions and, and the messages preached from the pulpit here. And for most of us, somehow we've, we've come to experience God's presence. Um, either through the power of, of, of His love that He shares to us, um, that we received, or through the works of His heart, um, and through His, through, through His provision. We've experienced His presence. We've, we've experienced God. We've experienced His, His attributes and, and who God really is. And I have to ask, do we make mention of Him in, in our everyday living? Do we talk about Him in, in our conversations? Do we share our testimonies with people and, and tell them who God truly is? 
Do we praise Him for all that He's done in our lives? Are we witnesses for Him? Because that's praising the Lord and giving honor to who He is. He should be a part of our daily lives and a part of our normal conversations. We should be talking about His reputation. We should be talking about His fame and and why we glorify Him as Lord. Now, I'm not saying that uh, you need to go out there and shove Jesus down people's throats. I'm not saying that. That would be using God's name in vain. I'm saying, just acknowledge Him in a genuine way. Simple. And in a good, respectable conversation with people that brings honor to Him. Amen? That's what I'm saying. Uh, you may be wondering, why am I spending so much time on His name and His characteristics and His, and his attributes? Well, here it is. I find it important to see Him for whom He is. And for us to know His characteristics. Because if we don't, then how will we recognize the person of Jesus Christ when He's actually working a work in us? Listen, folks, when we can honor and recognize Him, when we recognize Jesus in our daily lives, when we can talk about Him in our conversations, now we'll be able to recognize Him in all of His creation. We'll be able to see Him in everything. Because He made Himself known to you and I. Now we have no excuse not to recognize Him in His creation, not to recognize His presence, and not to be a witness for Him. Because we know who He is. He revealed Himself to us. Romans 1.20 states it this way, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We know, we understand who He is, and we recognize Him in all of His creation when we look for Him. You know, there are a lot of times when my wife and I drive up to the church early in the morning, and, and we're driving up, and sometimes we look at Mauna Kea, and Mauna Kea is just outstanding. The view of Mauna Kea is outstanding. And my wife would look at me, and she'd say, Wow, Dad, look what God created. God is good. She recognizes this because she knows who God is, that He is the creator of all heaven and earth. And sometimes when we're driving out to Kona, and we're driving on the Hamakua, and, and we're looking out towards the, the ocean, and she would say to me, Wow, Dad, look what God created. Isn't God good? And then we'd be at home, and, and we're walking around, and she would look at me, and she would say, God is good. <laughs> hey, but I would reply all the time. All the time. Point being that we recognize Him in everything as we practice to seek Him and honor Him daily. You know, the practice, uh, as we practice, will also help us to see Him as we read the Old Testament. For some of us, we may think that Jesus, the Messiah, 
only came into existence when, when he was born to Joseph and Mary in Bethlehem. But he pre-existed long before entering the earth as a child wrapped in swaddling cloth. He is Yeshua ben Joff, Jesus, the son of Joseph, who was born into the world, but he always existed in time. He was with God even before the creation. And evidence shows us that God is more He's more than just one. That He exists as the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He's omniscience. All-knowing. He is the eternal. From when time began to time ends. The eternal Son of God. He was present even before creation. He was and is and is to come. Now in dealing with the presence of the Messiah in the Old Testament, we're going to deal with, with a couple of things. And the first thing is, um, we want you to know is, uh, to recognize is the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. And you may have read or heard of this phrase in the Bible, the angel of the Lord. And you'll find it written a lot of times in the Old Testament. The Hebrew term for the angel of the Lord is Malach Yahweh. And that word Malach can also be translated as messenger or one who is sent. And it's interesting to know that in the Greek from that word Malach, you get the word apostolo, which means to send, or we get the word apostle in the English. An apostle is one who is sent out one who is sent on a mission for a purpose. And in some respect, it can be an angel or it can be a person in human form because God also used prophets. And angels are messengers of God sent to earth to deliver God's message. And that was the purpose, to, 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 to take God's message to his people. And he used angels, but he also used people in human form. And we may ask, is there a unique group of beings that God created whom we normally refer to as angels? The answer is yes. He did create them. They're called cherubim and seraphims. And there are different ranks or orders of those angels. You may have heard of one of them, the angel Gabriel. Now Gabriel is known as the messenger of God or, or the bringer of good news or hope. He's also known as the strength of God. And some say that Gabriel is an, an archangel. But that's not written. That's never mentioned in the Bible. There's only one archangel that is mentioned in the Bible. And you may have heard of him. And his name is Michael. Michael, the archangel. And he is God's warrior. And considered to be the only archangel. Now, in spite of what you may have read or heard about Michael, that he was also considered to be Jesus because some religions and, and some cults think that Jesus is just an exalted angel of God. Michael is not Jesus. He's not. Jesus is above the angels because the angels bow before Jesus. They worship 
Jesus. Michael is not Jesus. So yes, there are different ranks of angels that God uses for his purpose. But but tonight and throughout the studies, we want to focus on the angel of the Lord. Now when we read or we hear about angels, um, (coughs) I want you guys to be very, very careful that we don't picture or we don't imagine angels to be someone that looks more like a woman. Um, more than, like a woman than a man, uh, with wings and, and gentle and, and sweet and, and angelical. I don't want you guys to have them because we, we have the tendency to imagine them that way. Now, I'm not saying that they couldn't uh, look like that, but I seriously doubt that they do. Because angels are not women or men. Angels are sexless. Now, I've been told that there are, there, there are angels that uh, look like giants. Well, um, I can't say that that's true or not because I've never seen one face to face. But sometimes, I, you know, I think we watch too much TV. You know, or we have too much tarang um, tarangs or kind of knickknacks, you know, kind of on our shelves. You guys know which one I'm talking about, right? The, those ceramic craven images with wings and harps and halos and the ones that sing beautiful songs at Christmas. Those, yeah, okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Enough said. I don't want to spoil it for some of you because um, I get some of those angels, yeah, mom, at, at home on our shows, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not like you guys go home and show all you guys knickknacks because I said that's not what they look like. Maybe they do. I don't know. But I just seen, okay? So we're going to um, take a look at some few sto- uh, stories in the Old Testament uh, just to prove uh, Jesus' pre-existence before his birth in Bethlehem. So if you want to hear those stories, would you come back next week? And um, you'll get to hear the continuance of the presence of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament times. Would you bow your hearts uh, in prayer with me? Father, we come to know who you are. And Father, we really want to examine our hearts tonight that we know you as God and we know you as the Lord, but now we know your proper name is Yahweh, the one who actually exists, the one who said, I am that I am. So Father, we want to come to you in in true respect, Lord God, in true respect. And always... As we mention your name in prayers and in our conversation, Father, we want to do it with, with all reverence, speaking the truth, Lord God, and, and recognizing, Father, and really telling the people who you really are in us. Because when we start to recognize you as the great I am, Yahweh, the one who exists in all things, the one who is the creator of all creation, the mighty God, the mighty and awesome God who loves us, Father, then we get to be a testimony and a witness unto you. So, Father, tonight, thank you for allowing us to hear this word and we get to honor you properly in our spirit and in our heart as we make mention of you in prayers. So, Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for revealing your word to us. Let it bring clarification and understanding within us, Lord God, that we may apply it in life and be suited as we get ready to serve you in any ministry that you call us into. 
We give you all praise and honor, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And the conversation, the congregation would say, Amen. Amen. Amen.